0: You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Thursday to you. We're going to continue the performance review series today, focusing on the defensive ends. We've done all of the offensive positions. We had a couple of uh, good follow-up podcasts, one with Nate Geary of WGR 550 to recap some of the biggest questions that I had digging into the positions, and then, of course, what I thought was an outstanding conversation with Benjamin Solak regarding Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles and that situation. And to see if there's a cautionary tale baked into that for the Bills when it comes to the Josh Allen extension that is on the horizon. And, um, man, I thought that was such a good conversation where my mind was blown. Listening to Ben talk about that situation and learning about the dysfunctional franchise that the Eagles are and have been and how that impacted Wentz was eye-opening. So if you missed that, go back and listen to it. But today we're talking defensive ends here on the podcast. So a few quick notes here before we dig into the defensive ends. And a lot of the comments that I'm going to make right now apply not only to the defensive ends, but the defensive tackles, which we will talk about tomorrow. But the Bills finished with 38 sacks in 2020. That was 15th in the NFL, so right in the middle. And I think they did really well when it comes to creating pressure. In fact, on 52% of the... The passing plays that the Bills' defense faced in 2020, the Bills had a pass rusher beat their block in under two and a half seconds, which was the second best frequency in the NFL. Only three teams in the league were above 50%, the Steelers, the Bills, and the Washington football team. So the Bills didn't get a ton of sacks, but they did create pretty consistent pressure couple of other thoughts. Number one, they played a lot of quick-triggered quarterbacks. If you guys recall in our comprehensive primer uh, leading up to each Bills game, I would always tell you the percentage of time the quarterback the Bills were facing that week got the ball out of his hands in under two and a half seconds and over two and a half seconds and tell you their average snap to throw. And there was a lot of guys that the Bills faced this year that were quick triggered quarterbacks that got the ball out of their hands very quickly. And if they weren't that, they were the dual threat type quarterbacks that you have to worry about containing them and you know you can't be super aggressive when it comes to, you know, really closing in on them because they can make you pay. So, I don't know that the Bills played a great schedule for really compiling a lot of sacks, but you know, I think the pressure percentage is really really good. I think the run defense was definitely below average. They had some good moments against the run, and I think when they had to stop the run, when it, whether that was Baltimore, Tennessee, uh, the, the Raiders, they, they were able to do that. But I think the big picture, the Bills were kind of below average against the run, uh, especially when it comes to the defensive line. And then I think at the end of the day, the disappointment in the Bills' defensive line comes from the investments that were made by Brandon Bean. Uh, The Bills had the most money in the NFL committed to the defensive line, $51 million, uh, and that's a lot to pay for average to below average results. And so you know, the Bills didn't have one guy, right? You look at a lot of defenses and they have a Bosa or a Garrett or a Khalil Mack or one of those elite premier pass rushers, and the Bills don't have that one guy. So what they tried to do was create a lot of depth and have a lot of average to slightly above average players – that um, you think can make up that difference in not having that one elite guy. And so um, in a defense where they like to rotate a lot, that's the that's the plan that the Bills went with. And I think it um, didn't quite meet what Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and obviously the fans had hoped for in terms of production. And I think on the heels of that Super Bowl win by Tampa Bay and seeing how effective that front four was – at getting pressure on Patrick Mahomes, you know, I think it helped to increase the frustration that we might have right now as we think about the Bills' defensive line. So let's talk personnel. Jerry Hughes, he was acquired via trade in 2013, courtesy of the Indianapolis Colts. The Bills sent Kelvin Shepard, a linebacker, to the Colts in exchange for Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes is still sacking quarterbacks in the NFL, and Kelvin Shepard is is a coach for the Detroit Lions. He is 32 years old. He turns 33 in August. He's entering year two of a two-year, $21.5 million deal. The Bills could cut Jerry Hughes and save $7.4 million of salary cap space. I think it's a better chance that they will restructure that deal, maybe defer some of that salary to next year, add an additional year for Hughes on the deal and um, give Hughes... Some security for where he's going to play football in 2022, but also give the Bills some relief this year when it comes to salary cap space. I think that's a more likely outcome than the Bills parting ways with Jerry Hughes because I think he has become an important leader for this team. And I think Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean really respect the player that he is. And so I don't anticipate him not being around, but I do think uh, the Bills can take advantage of the salary situation. And the contract situation for Hughes, at a year, you know, spread out some, some salary a little bit, give Hughes some security, and give the Bills some cap relief. And it's a win-win for both sides. In 2020, he played in 15 games with 15 starts. He played 58% of the total defensive snaps on the season. He logged four and a half sacks, four tackles for loss, 45 total pressures, and two forced fumbles. Jerry Hughes had a good year. You know, was he a dominant football player? Was he an elite pass rusher? I don't think so, but I think he was the Bills' best pass rusher, and he stepped up and made some big plays when the Bills needed that to happen. I think he was the one guy that I had some level of confidence in, that when the Bills had to get some pressure or they needed a big play, that he was the guy that I had the most confidence in to deliver that Obviously, he brings the leadership component. He's been part of this team for a long time. He's been that one guy that has, you know, stuck around through so many regime changes. And I think that speaks to the value that he brings as a leader and a teammate. Um, I think one thing as we reviewed the twenty twenty season that we have to mention that I don't think is talked about. Enough is the fact that he played a lot on the left side this year. He played most of his snaps on the left side this year, which is a big, big shift from previous seasons where he almost exclusively played on the right side. And the Bills brought in Mario Addison, who was another one of those almost always played on the right side, and Jerry Hughes was the guy that wound up being the interchangeable piece there. And so for Jerry Hughes to you know really make that shift and it's easy to say, like, oh, you just play on the left side instead of playing on the right side. That's a whole lot easier said than done because everything's different. Like, you literally have to reverse all of your technique, and, you know, your your hands are different, your, your feet are different, and um, it's no small task. There's a lot of muscle memory that um, is ingrained in Jerry Hughes from being a right-side player. And so because he was never that type of player that always switched sides, it was a big change for him and a big shift in – you know, the way he played the game. And so I think we have to keep that in mind when we talk about Jerry Hughes and what he did for the team in 2020. And and again, I think he continues to play good football for the Bills. Now, when it comes to 2021, I'm hopeful to get more of the same from Jerry Hughes. Hopefully the unit as a whole takes a step forward because I don't think at this point in Jerry Hughes' career, you're looking at him and thinking that he's going to be a different player, right? I mean, Jerry Hughes has definitely reached the ceiling in the NFL, and it's just a matter now of how long can he continue to be a valuable and meaningful contributor for the Bills' defense. You know, I think his production can go up if the pieces around him perform better, and he can be, you know, take advantage of some looks and some opportunities um, to tee off and maybe be more of a situational player and not play as high of a percentage of the snaps, but really be used in situations where it's a long and late down where he's fresh and he can be that impact pass rusher more on, on a situational basis instead of playing full time. So, you know, I think his role can evolve and I think he can still be an important player for the team, but you know, maybe things can can be a little bit different for him to kind of take advantage of what is left in the tank for Jerry Hughes. Now, one good thing about pass rushers is that they they age quite well. You know, it's not a position where there's a, a a particular age where guys hit a wall typically. We've seen a lot of pass rushers produce late into their career. And so Jerry Hughes that, you know, he'll be 33 for the next season. I'm not looking at him and thinking that, you know, he can't be effective because of age because pass rushers do perform at this point in their career guys that have that technique. And I think Jerry Hughes is a player that as I've watched him play and develop, he has become more technically refined and it hasn't been all about burst and bend off the edge. So I'm hopeful that Jerry Hughes continues to be a meaningful, impactful player for this team, and I think in order for that to happen, you know, it's not going to be about Jerry Hughes developing. It's going to be about the the people around him and the scheme around him taking that next step so that they can get the most out of Jerry Hughes at this point in his career. But I expect him to be back, hopefully under a restructured contract, and um, you know, continuing to make some important plays for the football team. Mario Addison. A 2020 free agent signing, 33 years old, he turns 34 in September. He's entering year two of a three-year, $30.4 million deal. The Bills can cut Mario Addison and save $6 million against the cap. In 2020, he played in 15 games with seven starts. He played 56% of the total defensive snaps for the Bills this season he registered five sacks. That's the first time since 2015 he actually had less than nine sacks, so a big-time down year for Addison when it comes to sack production. He had seven tackles for loss, 39 total pressures, and one forced fumble. In 2020, he was okay. I wanted a whole lot more from Mario Addison, who the Bills basically said, "You know, Shaq Lawson, you can walk. We want Mario Addison. You know, the Bills could have given the same deal they gave Mario Addison to Shaq Lawson and kept Shaq Lawson, but this is a choice that they made. They wanted to have Addison instead of Lawson. And um, I don't think Addison made an impact in 2020 like Lawson did in 2019. And Lawson's surely a better run defender and a much better contained player. So I wish the Bills would have kept Lawson over Addison with the benefit of of hindsight, especially because those deals were so similar. Now, I will say that Shaq Lawson and Addison, they signed similar deals in terms of years and money, but the structure of the deals were quite different where Addison, you know, the Bills can move on from him right now and there won't be any penalty where the Bill, the Dolphins are kind of locked into to Shaq Lawson. But, um, you know, I think Mario Addison, he faded a lot. He had his moments. I think early in the season he was more effective. You saw him have contain issues. I mean, certainly the run defense was below my expectations. And he I just don't think he ever really delivered in big moments when the Bills needed pressure. I wasn't thinking, wow, Mario Addison, you know, we have this guy, and he's going to be the player that can make a difference on this snap. You wanted him to, but it didn't really happen. So, you know, I think Mario Addison – was below average, and he did not quite meet my expectations for this year. So when I think about 2020, my question is, will he be around? I think the Bills probably like him. You know, I I mean, this is a player that Brandon Bean, it feels like every opportunity he gets to mention that when he was the interim GM in Carolina, he signed him off the Washington practice squad, and then we know that he turned into a really good player for them. Well, does he want him to stick around? We heard all about the rapport that him and Jerry Hughes have developed, and the chemistry that's there. He's familiar with Eric Washington, the Bills' defensive line coach. You know, I just, I don't know if I look at this, and you know, we might see. Wow, well, the Bills can cut Mario Addison, save six million dollars, and he didn't make much of an impact, so that makes a lot of sense to us. But you know, I feel like. The Bills have proven us time and time again, whether that's Trent Murphy or a Pat DeMarco or a Lee Smith, that, you know, if they like these types of players to stick around that um bring value to the team that's not necessarily what they do on the field. So I think there's a good chance Addison's back. If so, I hope that means it's under a restructured deal because um he's got a hefty price tag for 2021 and the Bills need some space. And you know, I don't think he's gonna get a big deal on the open market, so hopefully if Addison is back, it comes at a restructure, and if he is back, then he makes more of an impact. He shows up more consistently. He doesn't disappear for stretches. So I think it's fair to be a little disappointed with what the Bills got from Mario Addison, and, you know, I mean, the numbers do kind of tell the story here where, You know, this is a 9, 10, 11 sack a year guy every season since 2016. And here he is with five sacks, 39 pressures, you know, uh, just not making a very big impact for the team. And you kind of couple that with contain and run defense issues. And, you know, Addison wasn't quite the player I I was hoping the Bills got when they signed him. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail amps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. Next up is AJ Epinesa the Bills' second-round pick in 2020. 22 years old, he turns 23 in September. He's entering year two of a four-year, $5.8 million deal. In 2020, he played in 14 games with one start. He played on 27% of the defensive snaps on the season. He collected one sack, three tackles for loss, and had 16 total pressures. As far as his 2020 review, I think we got to talk about the weight. That was a weird situation. He played at 280 in college at Iowa. The Bills said, hey, we would like you to drop some weight. We want to see a quicker player. And he got down to like 250, and that's too much. He lost too much weight. And um, you know, I think he gained some of that back, played around 260, 265, and he settled in, and I thought he played well down the stretch. I was nervous early on, but I thought he became more comfortable as – the season moved along. Obviously, you're not going to be wowed by one sack and three tackles for loss, but I thought the way he played, the technique that we saw, some of those flashes became quite eye-opening in my opinion. So as far as my 2021 outlook, I want to see him stick to the right playing weight and develop from there, right? I'm sure if you're used to playing at 280 and all of a sudden you're 260, 265, it's different. You move quicker. You move quicker. Maybe you're a little bit more lean, so you're not able to rely on mass as much, and you have to play with better leverage, and there's different components to it. So get comfortable at that playing weight, and then two other things. Number one, become a better processor against the run. One of my concerns with Epinesa at Iowa and in watching his rookie season with the Bills, I don't think he's a good processor against the run. Now, he has a lot of great traits for being a good run defender when it comes to long arms, Heavy hands, good power at the point of attack, the ability to clear blocks, all that type of stuff is very good. He's a good tackler. But where he struggles against the run is the mental side, and that's identifying blocks and knowing how to respond. You know, when you play defensive end, that blocker can only do so many different things to you, and it should be ingrained within you to have very timely responses uh, to. That block, you have to know how to combat that block. You have to recognize how they attack you and where you're supposed to go. And there's times where he doesn't feel that blocker trying to reach him. He doesn't see them going down. He doesn't respond quick enough to those situations. And sometimes he's out of his run fit, not because he gets moved out of his runs, run fit. It's because he doesn't process what's happening in front of him quick enough to be in the right position. So number one, when you need to see him develop better processing skills against the run. Number two is grow as a pass rusher. The Bills' best opportunity, in my mind, to get better edge rush in 2021 comes from A.J. Epinesa getting better and becoming a more effective pass rusher. I'll get to more of that at the end, but this is the young player, the reasonably high draft pick, the guy with talent that has not reached the ceiling, that has a chance to be an impact edge rusher for the Bills next year. The Bills are picking 30. They don't have much cap space. So I don't know where the real opportunities to upgrade this group is going to be. The best chance, in my view, is probably A.J. Epinesa taking that step. And so hopefully the Bills give him the right plan for the offseason. He executes that plan and comes back ready to go and ready to be an impact defender for this team because they need that to happen. Daryl Johnson, 2019 seventh-round pick, 23 years old. He turns 24 in April. He's entering year three of a four-year, $2.6 million deal. In 2020, he played in 15 games with no starts. He played 21% of the defensive snaps, 58% of the special team snaps. He collected one sack, three tackles for loss, and eight total pressures. As far as his 2020 review... I continue to love that he is an impact player on special teams and he can also be that fourth defensive end. With that said, I don't really think we saw any improvement from him as a defensive end, which is a bit disappointing. You hope to see players, especially you know seventh round picks that were part of the team for the entire previous season, take a more substantial jump from year one to year two. So I love the impact on teams, but I wish he took a step forward at defensive end. So for 2021, I'm looking for that step at defensive end. I think he has a chance to be a really unique player in the NFL. You don't see defensive ends that are also four-phase special teams players. So you can really get a nice combination player here, a four-down player, in a spot that you typically don't. So I'm really intrigued by his skill set. The value that he brings as a combination player. But if he's really going to move the needle in that role, I want to see him make a bigger impact when he plays 20, 25% of the snaps on defense. So, year three, brother, time to deliver, time to become a more meaningful depth player and really complement what you do on special teams. So, that'll be big for me as I, you know, pay attention to Daryl Johnson's career as somebody that I'm quite interested in. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Yeah, the football season might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL seasons are in full swing, and BetOnline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline also has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head on over to the website betonline.ag and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, betonline.ag for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code locked on. Betonline, your online sportsbook experts. We got some more players to get to. Let's talk about Trent Murphy. Trey Murphy, a 2018 free agent signing, 30 years old. He turns 31 in December. His contract is expired. He has completed his three-year, $22.5 million deal that he signed entering the 2018 season. In 2020, he played in 10 games with nine starts, played on 34% of the defensive snaps, collected two sacks, three tackles for loss, and 16 total pressures. In 2020, in terms of his review, I wrote down he was an expensive player, inactive in six games, made a modest impact in the 10 games he did play. I mean, really, if you take away his two games against the Jets, is a pretty uh, hollow season for Trent Murphy and a guy that commanded an $8 million price tag that the Bills chose to keep and not roll that cap space into 2021, which in hindsight was a poor decision As far as his 2021 outlook, I think there's a good chance we've seen the last of him in a Bills uniform. With that said, he might not have much of a market. And so I'm not completely dismissing that he could return to the team late in the offseason. You know, if he's sitting around, hasn't found a team, hasn't found the deal he's looking for, he might want to come back to Buffalo on a very, you know, modest one year deal. You know, if there's an injury to one of the Bills, defensive ends or they can't find an upgrade, you know, I think there's a, a small chance that he's back, but under very different terms. And, um, you know, with some, uh, some caveats there. So I'm not completely ruling him out. I don't think it'll be a priority for the bills to re-sign him. Um, but, uh, you know, look, anything can happen. There's familiarity there. I think it said a lot about what they think about him, that they did choose to keep him for that $8 million price tag. And, um, you know, if he is back, I think it will be in a similar type role. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, three years, 22 and a half million dollars for this guy. I don't think he lived up to that. I was hopeful to get more out of Trent Murphy. Um, and he never, he never really recaptured the sizzle that he had in that 2016 season. So, Probably the end of Trent Murphy in a Bills uniform, but I'm not completely ruling it out. Brian Cox Jr., 2020 free agent signing, 26 years old. He turns 27 in June, signed a one-year $920,000 futures deal with the team. In 2020, he played in one game, and that was 23 snaps against the Chiefs in week six. In 2020, he was mostly on the practice squad. I mean, this was his third team in as many seasons. He hasn't made an impact for the Bills, Panthers, or Browns. You know, I think he's got a good chance to be back on the practice squad in 2021. The Bills are familiar with him. He's familiar with his coaching staff. And so as that potential practice squad call-up guy, he makes a lot of sense. But I have low expectations for him to make the roster or do anything meaningful. Last player we got to get to is Mike Love, 2018 undrafted free agent, 27 years old. He turns 28 in January. He's a little older than I thought he was going to be when I was starting to research him. One-year, $850,000 futures deal he signed with a team, played in one game in 2020. That was uh, in week 17 against Miami. He logged 35 snaps, mostly a practice squad player in 2020. And I think that's probably again his role in 2021. The thing about love is that he has been around, and that's that says a lot. Sometimes in the NFL, you know, not every player is Jerry Hughes or Tre'Davious White or Jordan Poyer, you know, one of those core players on the roster. But when you think about those bottom of the roster guys and them sticking around and continuing to be part of the team, it, it says something, right? whether that's a Dean Marlowe or it's an Ike Bakker, or now we're talking about Mike Love, the fact that these guys stick around says that there's some level of belief that there's a chance they could help the team. And so with Mike Love and him you know, really going into his fourth te- year with the team, 18, 19, 20, 21, it'll be his fourth season with the team, uh, You know, I think that says something at least. So just kind of like Brian Cox – Hasn't really made an impact to this point. He's had some flashy moments in preseason, um, but he's been around. I expect him to be back on the practice squad, and if uh, things get dicey, I think he can be a reasonable call-up guy if there's a bunch of injuries or something like that. So what's the overall thoughts on this defensive end group? Well, you hope that Jerry Hughes can sustain his level of play. You hope that A.J. Epinesa can take a major step forward. Maybe Darrell Williams can. Hopefully, Mario Addison, if he's back, it's on a cheaper deal and he finds some of his form that was missing this year. But I think there's a good chance. I mean, we could be looking at this group next year and it could be Hughes, Addison, Epinesa, and Daryl Johnson with Love and Cox on the practice squad. Maybe there's a rookie drafted in the top three rounds that can help the rotation, but I don't see a big move happening unless there are some serious cap gymnastics. I think the bills would like to get better at defensive end, but are they going to go give Shaq Barrett $25 million? Are they going to go sign Yannick Ngakwe? I don't know. You know, I, I, unless, like I said, unless there are some serious cap gymnastics, I don't know that a move like that is going to happen. So, AJ Epinesa taking a step forward and then maybe finding somebody in the first three rounds of the draft that can help this unit. But um, one thing that both Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott said during their year-end press conferences was, look, they thought it was an important year for Coach Washington to lay down the foundation for the technique and expectations for the unit. And I mean, a lot of these guys have been with Coach washington in the past so i'm not sure that message really hit me very hard um but hopefully hopefully things get back on track next year and we're more satisfied with the defensive end production you know whether that means reinforcements were brought in in some way or the guys that they have performed better and you know aj epinesa takes that step forward this episode is brought to you by 1010 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond rings, and they are available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique limited edition diamond engagement rings is available now only at BlueNile.com. That's going to do it for us today here on the podcast, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're going to get to the defensive tackles tomorrow to close out the week here on the podcast, and I don't know if you guys can notice, but I feel like my voice is fading on me here. Um, have a little bit of a sore throat, maybe a little bit of a cold right now, so uh, hopefully I feel better tomorrow and uh, my voice uh, it won't be as difficult to deal with in terms of just kind of powering through the discussion because I love doing this so much. But it's difficult when it's it's kind of a struggle to talk. So I uh, need to get through tomorrow. I'll, I'll deliver the best podcast I, I can. And then hopefully the weekend allows me to rest my voice a little bit. And we're full strength next week. So uh, again, thanks so much for listening. As always, I kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.